Hello and welcome back to Upfront with Jane. I'm super excited to introduce you to today's guest, who is Dan Kelsall from Offended Marketing. Offended Marketing are a marketing agency based in Manchester who really thrive off ideas and pushing boundaries with their clients. Dan started the business with his business partner, Dean, and today he talks about all kinds of things with, that happens with running an agency from taking clients out of their comfort zone, building a team, and also talks about how he feels there's still very much a place for an office in a world where many people are working from home. So let's get started and I shall introduce you to Dan. Hi Dan, thank you so much for um, being up front with me. I think the title of the podcast suits your character quite well. Um, yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure to be joined with you today. Absolutely no problem. No, it's, it's lovely to meet you. Um, I know we've been trying to arrange this for ages, but I am absolutely shy at organisation. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I'll run a company, um, but that's what I've got Dean for, I think, my, my business partner. So uh, yeah, apologies, because I think you're, I think you're um, is it Hannah? Hannah, yeah. Back and forth for about three years, I think, till we get all right. <laughs> we have got you, so we shall maximise the time. Um, so, Dan, you um, run a marketing agency called Offended Marketing. Yeah. Um, perhaps you could tell us a bit about yourself and how you've come to set up a marketing agency called Offended. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of got into marketing the way everyone else does, um, because I was, I was shit at everything else. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, where do I start? I mean, I've, I've done all sorts. I've done all sorts. I've had different startups. I had a, you know, I had that business. I once made, um, made Vaseline in my kitchen, tried selling it. Um, you know, I, I, I had a clothing business. Um, I, I once went into the Navy as well and, and, and didn't get through basic training. Um, and then started writing, started copywriting for different businesses. Um, and I noticed that if I put a swear word in now and again, it got a reaction. Uh, and yeah. got people results, and for some reason, people started paying me to do that. Um, and yeah, it's just it's offended. Offended grew out of that. Offended grew out of. Um, offended grew out of, of of the world being full of boring shite marketing, mm-hmm. and me getting sick and tired of rubbish adverts and 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 you know people, uh, you know, licking KFC's ass for a, for a clever tweet now and again. Um, and I just thought it needed a bit of the, the kind of nineteen eighties flair again. Um, mm. That's that's what that's what offended is all about. It's about it's not about offending people. It's just that if you um, if you do something different, or if you take a stand, or if you say something that's that, that you know people want to say but don't say, there's a good yeah. chance you're going to offend someone at some point. Uh, and it's 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 basically our way of saying that's okay, and that you should you shouldn't worry about that. Yeah. And do you think? I mean, obviously, you've amassed um, an impressive following on LinkedIn, and you're not afraid of saying what you think. And I know we talked before that you are consistent with that. So every post you put out there um, gets great interaction. People engage with it because you do say sometimes things that potentially are a little bit close to the bone. Yeah. But but actually, so many people think it, but are a little bit scared to say because the world is very PC at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> It is. It is. Yeah, it is. And honestly, I, I, I still, it still baffles me that we, we make money. Um, you know, people, people were telling me when we first started off, you really got to stop this because it's not professional. You'll only go so far. You know, it'll only be little uh, edgy companies that want to use you. Um, and, and, and to be honest, to, to a certain extent, I thought that as well. And I believed them. And I thought we'd have this nice little agency that, you know, just, just service people that wanted to do risky marketing or whatever. Um, and we've, it's actually, been completely the opposite and I think some of the bigger brands nowadays are sick and tired of the, the, the same you know the same dross that's coming through and the same shit vanilla boring and market agencies that are cropping up everywhere and and, and realizing that their market isn't isn't standing out anymore uh, and they come to us and that's the reason we've signed the likes of 
you know, uh, Entain, who, who own Ladbrokes and, you know, um, big names are, are coming to us. We've got a few big pitches this week as well, which is mental. Um, and, and, and the other mental thing is as, well, as well is I don't, um, you know, the, I don't kind of uh, tailor my approach to those people either. I'm, I'm exactly yeah. the same as I would be here with you in the yeah. boardroom with the, the, you know, the guys at Entain. So, you know, the world... I think they'd be disappointed if you did tailor yourself because actually they've obviously seen the nature of the business and that's what they've come to you for. Um, do you think that as marketing agencies, it's our job then to push boundaries? And um, even if it is perhaps too far for a client, do you think it's more of a, it's better for them to have to rein it in than come back to you and say, mm, it's a bit yeah. bad? 100%. And you know, we, we say the exact same thing for our team as well, is that I always tell them that I'd, I'd, I'd rather have to drag you back than, than, than push you to, to you know, yeah. forward. Because it's actually a lot easier to drag people back. To yeah. Say, ah, oh, well, you know, it's pretty funny that, but you can't say that word or that sentence needs adjusting slightly. But it's really, really difficult to make boring shit mm-hmm. and impactful and funny. Um, and and we we tell we say that to clients as well. And like I say, it, it, I think it is our job. I think it's any marketing agency's job. You should yeah. be um, pushing clients towards those boundaries. You, sh- you should be overstepping those boundaries sometimes as well and getting told off. Yeah. You're not doing that. You're not. You're not trying hard enough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you know. Um, account accountants should be walking out there saying, you know, use fucking use me for your fucking tax services or whatever, right? Um, I mean that's rubbish. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> that's, that's my limit. Um, but but yeah, we as market agencies, we, we're supposed to be pushing boundaries, um, and it, it's our job to find where those boundaries are. So what's your? So you mentioned that you'd started. Um, copywriting so when you started your business were you still hands-on doing some of the copywriting was it a period of time that you were working in the business rather than on the business running the business yeah yeah I mean I was freelancing for, for, for a while yeah. uh, especially when I had the the app because you know I was I was on you know beans on toast and pot noodles at the time um pot noodle pot noodle buddies are quite good actually if you're okay. Okay. sounds like hangover kind of food to me that <laughs> as well it's nice um but yeah, I was kind of doing that to get to get myself through the, the dark days of when the startup. Um and it just kind of grew from there. But I still copyright now. I, I mean, you know, the, the, the business is growing, we've got decent copywriters in who are a lot better than me. Yeah. Um, but I love it. Like the the, the the reason me and Dino run this this uh, marketing agency is because we we have got a genuine love for marketing and advertising. Like we're we're obsessed with it, we love it. We 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 I enjoy watching the adverts on telly. I I enjoy criticizing them and, and you know telling other people how shit they are. Um, <laughs> um but um, but yeah, so I, I still get involved in that uh, sometimes. Probably, probably it's probably quite annoying for some of the writers in there because I do like, you know, I, I say I say uh, suggesting ideas, enforcing ideas because I'm the mm-hmm. problem. Well, I think the design and copy go hand in hand, don't they? I think it's hard yeah. to be um, a good designer or a good copywriter without a bit of a vision as to how's this going to come together because you can't really have one without the other when it comes to arts, can you? No, and I, I also think actually, you know, copy should should lead everything and, and and yeah there's a lot of agencies that, that that don't do that there's a lot of there's a lot of paid um uh, you know paid media agencies that, that could do a lot better if they concentrate a little bit more on the the, the copy and the creative. creative first absolutely yeah because because any any paid campaign no matter how good the targeting is will always do better if it's if the messaging's better i mean it's not rocket yeah. no i totally agree and i think when we speak to clients we always say your first thing is to look at your owned media so make sure your website's right you kind of watch your brand watch your tone of voice because once if you jump ahead and start looking at your paid spend and you haven't got the basics right or you don't know what your tone of voice is or you haven't got a clear brand 
it's um it's hard to it's very expensive very costly and people don't know what you're talking about you just blend in then don't you really yeah of course you do of course you do and honestly we, we're we're becoming more and more ad blind i mean look look just just scroll through any social media now and, and every other post is a fucking ad or someone trying to sell something yeah um and yeah if you're not if you if you create it's rubbish no matter how good your target is it's always gonna gonna get half the results yeah do you find um when you do get inquiries new clients do you go through a bit of a kind of scoring or is there some kind of criteria how do you know if they're going to be I know you never truly know, but is there anything that you look for or you would um, perhaps yeah. know? We don't have a niche. So, so everyone always says, what's your, what's your niche? And we don't have a niche. We will go yeah. with any, any, um, any industry. Industry. I suppose our niche is that, you know, are you, are you not a dickhead um, uh, and going to be difficult, right? <laughs> and, um, and are you prepared to, to, to push boundaries? You know, are you and we're not talking, it has to be controversial. We're saying, you know, yeah. all emotive, funny, whatever, it, whatever those boundaries are going to be, yeah. uh, you prepared to do that. If you just want to come to someone and do some really boring coffee, we've had a few people come to us and, and, and try that. Mm. Uh, or we've had a few agencies that, that get bought into a really, uh, you know, uh, edgy, risky proposal, and they're like, yeah, we love it. And then within a week, they're like, nah, I can't do that. Can we turn it back? And, we, mm. we, and you know, we've, we've been them. We, we have, we have uh, sacked a hell of a lot more clients than we, we've lost. In fact, we've, we've actually not lost a client in 10 months now, which is mega. Yeah, which is absolutely mega. I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't know why. Um, I don't know why. Exactly. Um, but but you know, we 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 do regularly bin, well, not regularly bin clients, but we have we have been known to bin clients for not wanting to push those boundaries. I think what um, being an agency ourselves, what you take on is that responsibility, don't you? They've got an agenda. There's a reason why they're working with you. They want sales ultimately. They want that brand awareness, or they want, and you're responsible for that. So when you're not responsible for the idea that's going forward, it's quite difficult for them to come back and say, "It didn't quite work, did it?" Really, and it's like, well, you've changed. You've changed what we proposed. So exactly, and you can't all- really take accountability for. The performance. I'm never doing this. Is this is always my? I'd rather bin a client before it gets to that. Yeah. Because what always happens is if they'll change change it, they'll move the goalposts, or they won't take the risks that you're advising that they take. Yeah. They won't get the results that they want. Mm-hmm. And then there's only one thing that happens there: the fingers pointed at you. Yeah. Never good for any agency. So I'd rather be really upfront and honest and say, "Listen, you're fucking this up." Yeah. You're probably better off canning this now because you're not going to get the results you want. Um, and I'd rather be be that honest and upfront. And I think I think every agency has a has a responsibility to be that honest and upfront. Um, and also, the, the, I don't agree with the whole. Um, you know, you get, they get these agencies, and they're, they're mostly outbound um, in terms of trying to get clients in. Um, and what that does is, generally, if you, if you outbound, it's, it takes a lot of persuasion to reset the reset the dynamic. So you end up normal dynamic with a lot of agencies. Is client is here, agency's here, and yeah. they down to, and we know best, we know blah blah blah. That relationship's just flawed from the start. Like if that's a relationship you have with it, your agency, it's shit. You know, at the very least, it should be here working together as partners. At yeah. the very least. Yeah. In my opinion, it should be the opposite way around. The agency mm-hmm. should be here. Mm-hmm. That's why you've hired them in. They're the expert, right? So let them do the yeah. fucking job. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. And we always have a conversation with our team and we say, how do you feel like with that client? Do you feel like they're treating us as partners? Are they on our level? Are we guided? Because they've come to us for our knowledge. They've not come to us for... Um, well, they might have done. They might want a supplier. So we would say once it becomes the client telling you what to do, you become a supplier and you can't take any accountability for the results. Um, yeah. 
and they come to you for your knowledge don't they rather than what's your availability no we don't you don't want to talk that you want to talk about this is what we're going to bring to you we want it to be special it might be changing up what you'd had planned and I think it it does depend on the client and I think it depends on their position in the business and how confident they are perhaps if they're not the decision maker to then sell that to their team and sometimes that gets lost in translation a little bit so I think that's another thing you might find the same that it's important to make sure you're in front of the decision makers early on as well you have to be and that's and what what absolutely fucking drives me insane and it never really happens with the bigger businesses right and this is never a problem but one of the major problems that happens in startups is you and you probably experience this yourself with the smaller stage they grow to a stage where they think we've now got to get our own marketing person through the door Mm -hmm. Um, and they pay 70 80 100 grand for this fucking marketing director to come in and it's a and 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 then they dictate everything and the 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 generally you know really old school and haven't marketed anything since you know the fucking 1960s um and, and they're sat there dictating things you know dictating on things that they don't understand so you know design or copy or impact or, but they're just doing it to justify the job yeah and i always think why the fuck are you bothered putting that person in like they're not a marketing director they're mm-hmm. a marketing director of nothing yeah not i think no i agree and i think sometimes when you see the adverts for those people it's like They've got to have copy, design, uh, coding, um, <laughs> yeah. every single skill. And I'm like, if you find this person, let me know, because I can get rid of my whole team. <laughs> yeah. but, then, but then they get the job and that person, you know, inevitably doesn't have all those skills. Yeah. They've got to pretend that they do, which just makes yeah. all, all the, you know, third party, all the partners just think, what the fuck is going on? Why are you telling me how to design something? It's mental. But we, yeah. we sometimes with startups and it's, it's ruined it. Yeah. So the, the relationship with, has been with the founder or with the MD or whatever it's been. Mm-hmm. Market's going really well. They're getting the results, but now the MD no longer has time to deal with the third yeah. party. So then they bring this market director in who just to justify the job rather than things are going well. Let's just manage it. Yeah. Crushes everything. It's happened multiple times. And honestly, there's a, there's a, a couple of startups where that's happened that we used to work with. They don't exist anymore. They're done mm-hmm. because the marketing just went. Pfft. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's I think there's room for somebody in between. So I can understand that the MD wants to onboard you. You've got that relationship, but I think sometimes it I find it's better when they're more of a communicator and they're open to your ideas and they're not perhaps on this level where they've come in as the expert. They're more like the go between. Facilitator, right? It's just that's what that's what they are, and and that is a job in itself. Yeah. Coming in to 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 dictate things and and you know uh, it just it, it never works. It never yeah. Works. It's frustrating. It's really frustrating because it's a shame because there's a lot of good brands do that and, and don't realise they're actually killing themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And how um, how often do you find, because I know clients tend to, um, when you're doing, um, when they're not impressed with the results or something, you're quick to know, but when you've done really a great job on something, it's been a massive success, it's had great awareness, etc. it's hit the goal, you don't always get the thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think sometimes, I can understand that, sometimes it's like, oh, I don't want to put, put the prices up. Or, um, but do you find that actually the ones that will hold hands and say, do you know what, you did amazing there, thank you. They're the types of clients that you build a long-lasting relationships with, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. and you know what as well, what, what, what we find is it's always the, it, it's the bigger clients that we have that are like that. Yeah. They genuinely understand the process. They, they a, lot, a lot of the time, these bigger, I mean, I hate corporates. Imagine me trying to work in a fucking corporate. <laughs> but... The, the one thing I will say about them is they do try and build a team environment and a culture that generally rewards people for doing things well. And that's that's third, part, third parties as well. So, and a lot of the time when stuff goes well, they will turn around and go, oh, nice, that's fantastic. I mean, we've got like 
and saying uh, Labrooks of, of you know normally uh, you know these kind of award dinners and things these the, some of the bigger ones you've got like the RMAs which are the recruitment marketing awards um, and you've got a normally you, you kind of got to pay for a table and stuff and it's normally the agency's yeah. job to do that and things but they turn around and because because of our work because of the results we've got and the things we've done like they, they you know the big wigs up in in and uh, turn around and gone oh well don't worry we'll we'll take you guys. Mm. Um, we, you know, we, we're absolutely chuffed. You know, we, we, and 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 they tell everyone that they're working with us. Yeah, the smaller startups almost Keep don't want people to know that we're working with them because yeah. they, they want people to think that it's them doing it. Which is, I mean, it is them doing it as a, as a byproduct. It's, it's we're working as a team, and that's why I don't get that dynamic. It's, it's not competition. Yeah, no, I definitely get that though. I think sometimes people aren't don't naturally recommend you because you're like their secret aren't you you're like i don't want to share this i've got a good contact here i'm going to keep it to myself i'm like their dirty secret it's like i don't know yeah do not want to be associated with that (laughs) keep that one quiet (laughs) business over if we tell we tell people he's doing it Um, Um, so you got into marketing through um trying various different things what are your thoughts then for somebody who perhaps wants to be a designer developer or just get into the digital marketing space um would you recommend to go down the apprentice route to just get in there would you say uni what would be your advice for uh, yeah i always i always slag off marketing degrees which is probably harsh because my business partner was a first in marketing um but but the Honestly, I, I just, I, I don't rate it. I don't, I think, I think, especially for, for copywriting as well, is the best copywriters I see are the people who have had the most varied past, right? And they've done the most because the more you've done, like the reason I, I can write for so many different audiences is because I've been shit at so many different things, right? I've done recruitment, I was shit at it. I've done a start, I was shit at it. I've done, I've been in the Navy, I didn't last. I've done, you know, uh, I was a, a cage fighter for 10 years. I couldn't fight, I was rubbish. Um, and you know, there's all these different things that I've done, right? I've done sales, I've, I've worked in IT sales, I've done all sorts of stuff. I've coded apps, for instance, um, all badly, but I do, I, I have enough experience to be able to relate to those people because that's all yeah. generally marketing is, is, is your ability to, because people think, you know, authenticity has its place, but I think what's more yeah. important than authenticity, good writers are able to be relatable yeah. to people who are nothing like themselves. Yeah. Um, and the more experience you have, life experience you have, the better you are. So that's why a lot of these good writers coming out of uni who, you know, have great grammar and, a, uh, you know, a great grasp of language. My vocabulary is is mostly swear words. I don't know many <laughs> words, right? But I can still write in a way that people understand and relate to. Yeah. Um, I, I, and some of these graduates coming out of uni can't do that because they don't have the life experience. Yeah. They've come straight out of school, into college. Gone into uni, got pissed for a few years, come out with a marketing degree, and now they think they know marketing, they can write. Mm. That's, that's actually more, more often than not never the case. And that's why most agencies struggle to hire good writers, because there aren't a lot of them about. There's a lot of people who can write, but not a lot of people who are good writers. Um, and I think it's the same for any marketing, even, even design, for instance, right? Some of the best designers I know have fuck all design qualifications. Yeah. They've just one day gone, I want to design, I want to learn how to do that. My brother's a perfect example. He, you know, he's a great videographer and a, a, and a brilliant designer, but he's self-taught. He just got Photoshop one day, started trying to figure it out. Yeah. Because everything, there, there's, if you're prepared to learn something, it's like great guitar, guitar players who've never had a lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Great drummers who've never had a lesson, right? Um, if you're prepared to, to seek out the knowledge to be able to learn a, a certain skill, it's all there on the internet. We've got the internet. It's all there. You can learn fucking anything nowadays, right? If you, if you try hard enough. 
And it's the same with design. There are so many different people. But there's a there's a guy who gives up loads, of, and he's he's a brilliant designer. I don't even heard of the Dave Officer on the. Yeah, he's been on my podcast as well. Yeah, I, I love Dave. He's brilliant, right? And I think he's I think he's incredibly talented. Um, and he gives away his his secrets regularly, right? Yeah. Not secrets, right? But, but learn off guys like that. Yeah. He will tell you things like there's there's if you want to get into this like like honestly if you want to get into something you want to write fucking write. Mm. That, that's how you learn, right? You want to uh, you want to design, design. Yeah. Adobe Adobe Photoshop a license. It's not that much a month, right? It's it's a lot less than a piss up a month. Yeah. No, I agree. I think um, also surrounding yourself in the creative. If you can get into an agency, if you can start to soak that up, because I think what I see is um, you come out, you do see design grads or like you say, marketing grads who come out and it, it's quite tough really because you perhaps come out with a first, like you say, so you think you're top of your game. But actually, you know nothing, do you? You know absolutely nothing. And I've been there because I did go down the uni route. I did graphic design. I got the first. Um, came out, went into a big agency in Manchester. And I, didn't, I didn't slag it off too much then. No, I totally agree with you though. I think I think life's moved on. I think it's changed. And I, I, I certainly don't think for my children, I would be pushing them into the uni route because I think in three years in a business, um, you learn so much about the whole culture of working, you get thrown into things, you don't know anything about, you know, you, you don't have a deadline, do you, at uni? It's like you've got the next six months to work on this, whereas actually you've got six hours perhaps, haven't you, in reality? Exactly, and that's it, and that is that is mental. It, it, it is a completely different world. I mean, we have um, a lot of videographers, for instance, are, are film grads. Yeah. And they really, a lot of them really struggle to get their heads around the difference between making a fucking feature film, mm. you've got, you know, six second shots of someone's eyeballs doing something or an expression on someone's face and an ad, which has to get point across really, really quick, as quick as possible because, you, and it's got to have loads of engagement triggers in it so that people will keep watching. Yeah. There's a huge difference between a film and an ad. Uh, and honestly, sometimes trying to get that into their heads, it's like, no, but this is the way I was taught at uni and I've got to get the shot and I've got to fuck off. <laughs> just fucking... Just, it's strange, just... hasn't it? And I think also just the nature of video content now is so much more, you almost want it to look real authentic, like someone's just taking it on the phone, don't you? You don't want to watch the polished all the time anyway. No, and the thing is to, to get an audience to watch uh, a long film or something that takes a while to get into, you've yeah. got a lot of trust for them to do that. Mm. Well, that's why it's often really hard for people just to launch a YouTube channel because they've got no audience and no trust, so they're not going to sit there and watch a five-minute video you're ranting on. No. Uh, and 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 that's why you know kind of ads and engagement triggers and getting people hooked in as soon as possible is so important. And actually, a lot of film degrees go completely against that. Yeah, they do. I think they give you the technical, um, but I think you've just got to think you come out of your blank canvas. You've got so much to learn, which you don't realise when you're going through it. I mean, even just your software skills when you've done a degree, you have no you've just scratched the surface compared to what you're going to learn when you um actually do it and i think definitely for development as well i think what developers are doing in the real world is probably not what you'd learn on a unicorn it's very hard to keep up isn't it the world's changing so fast in digital in marketing that the degrees are probably already dated by the time you start on it that's why but i even think that that for for, for you know people at, at our level or, or, or people you know it's it's there's no such thing as an expert nowadays in marketing. Yeah. You, can't, you can't be. It's impossible because it changes far too quick for you to sit there. Think, if you just sit out there thinking you're an expert, you're already lost. Yeah. So yeah. We're all learning. All learning. Absolutely. Constantly. And that's what's exciting about it, I think. Um, 
And I think sometimes you take something on and you think, well, I know elements of it. I know I can give it a go. But I think if you've got that confidence and that creativity yeah. and that ability to speak on people's level, then whatever your media, you're going to get there. And, I, and, and you know, and as, on, on top of that, what you just said, that's what we often take on projects. And I think, I ain't got a fucking clue <laughs> what I'm going to do here or how to do this. But we will figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. That's the beauty of it, right? We're, we're marketers. Our job is to figure stuff out because it's not an exact science. Definitely. What are your thoughts then, just going back to people that are um, entering the industry about um, working from home? Are you guys in the office? Are you, um, how has COVID changed for you and what do you think for you? Um, it's, it's a weird one. So we, we, we're really flexible with our guys, right? So most of them roll in at half 10, right? Mm -hmm. Lazy bastards created, right? Um, and, um, but we, we, we have this flexibility of, of do what you want. Work where you want, work in a crack bed for all I care. Just get results and get deadlines because that's what we survive on, right? Yeah. We need results and we need to meet deadlines. As long as you do those two things or manage your deadlines. Um, uh, you can work from wherever. But what we found is that actually people like going into the office, which is yeah. kind of goes against what everyone's saying at the minute, which is yeah. mad. And I know there's all you've, you've got all these really loud-mouthed kind of work-from-home advocates all over the place at the minute, which is lovely. Right, you all like working from home and you like the flexibility and you obviously don't like people, a bit like me, right? Um, <laughs> and that's 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 cool. Um, but it's kind of there's a lot of noise around it, which is making everyone think that that's the done thing and that has to be the done thing, and actually that's not the case. Like a lot of people, especially creatives, yeah. like working from home in a silo isn't necessarily good for creativity, right? I agree. In you know, so a lot of the guys come into the office because they can bounce off each other. And if they're stuck with something, they know they can turn to their colleague really quickly and go, oh, I think this, and they might come up with a better idea. We yeah. can have brainstorming sessions. Uh, we play ping pong. We have a laugh. If you're having a laugh and you're having a good time, yeah. that's generally good for creativity. Uh, yeah. We all get on. The team get on really, really well. You know, uh, you know, we've, did, we've got a couple of loud mouths in there who, like, this is why I work from home, because I get an headache regularly. <laughs> um, but um, but it's, yeah. it's good for creativity. And, I, and I, I honestly think that if we had a fully remote team I don't think we'd be as creative no I 100% agree 100% and I think for us you know like you we made the decision that office is always going to be a key part of our business we invest in making it nice for people um and I think from even you know me personally as running the business I think you, you feel a lot more pressure on yourself when you're from home because yeah. that kind of to send something over on email or to present an idea on teams rather than just say I had a scribble of this. What do you think? Has it got any kind of, is it going anywhere? Um, and I think you can move so much quicker. Um, and especially in the account manager position, I think they're all ears to the ground. They listen to what the team are working on. And I think you can stop things going in the right, in the wrong direction very quickly when you're all together as well. Yeah, you can. And uh, yeah, and, and well, that's the other thing as well. I mean, account managers are, are incredibly important to the creative process because they know the client the best. They generally yeah. in the research and, and know the industry. Yeah. And, and, and being by the side of those people is actually really, uh, you know, really beneficial. Mm. Um, and also, like, the, the, it's, the, it's the, the other thing I think that's really important for creativity is the ability to switch off. Yeah. Like, so, so the ability to have a break and play ping pong or go for your lunch or yeah. to go home and not work yeah. is massively important. Whereas if you're working from home, I mean, we've all done it. Sometimes I do it. I'll sit on, on an idea in the morning. I think it's fucking shit. This. I can't come up with anything good. What, what am I going to do? And I'll sit there all day. And I'll still be there at eight at night, nine at night, battering my own head, trying to think this idea. But it's never going to come because I'm in a silo. I'm in a bad mood. 
Yeah. It's, it, just, it doesn't work. And I'd be a lot better being in the office, going for a walk, having a break, playing some ping pong, having a laugh with the team. Someone else might be giving you an idea that'll spark something else in my head. And yeah, that's really important. I think people are missing that. And I think because of all these people shouting about the importance of working mm-hmm. from home mm-hmm. uh, and, and how the world's changing and all the rest of it, I think actually that's not quite the truth. And I yeah. don't think that's actually how the majority of people feel. No, I agree. And I think it depends on your industry. It depends on your role. depends on your, your character, I suppose, doesn't it? I just feel, um, for me, I, I love being around people. And I think everyone, you know, in a team should get on, especially when you're not a massive team. You're not just a number. You, everyone's crucial to that team. Um, and I think, what's the future going to be if everyone works from home? I mean, Christmas parties. Oh, I've never met you before. It's all just a bit odd, isn't it? It's carnage. It's like whenever you, you know, when, when you, when you put a party of people together, generally something goes wrong. You don't know each other. Generally something goes wrong. <laughs> you just mash a lot of personalities together. You don't know whether they gel or anything. So yeah, um, and, and also like what's I like quite like the office, the office yeah. chaos and banter. Definitely. And, you, know, yeah. you know, everyone having to go at someone for for the holding the uh, aircon remote or microwave. Oh <laughs> God, you've touched a nerve there with us. <laughs> you know, I'd miss that. I'd miss that. I'd miss, yeah. I'd miss the people, I think. Even though I, I joke that I don't like people, I, I would I would miss my team. Yeah. And I think, you put, I think people do put more pressure on themselves when they're from home because in the office, you're like, right, I'm nipping to the shop. Everyone knows you're out of the office. You're at home. You're like, somebody phones you. Ha ha, I've got to answer whatever I'm doing because they're going to think I'm not working. Oh. Yeah, I'm having a poo. My phone's going. I better just. Yeah, I better just take it. Just take right. it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's, uh, there is there is room for flexibility, and I think that kind of you know hybrid working type model is is good. And I do sometimes need, you know, I call myself an extroverted introvert because I'm probably I can be quite quite extroverted in in person, but I also then need about two days off to recover. Uh, when I'm yeah. on, you know, um, and I, and and I do like the ability to be able to sit at home and have my own space, and sometimes yeah. that's also good for creativity. But I think the, I think just 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 having a remote team would be a disaster. If we didn't have an office, I really don't think I don't think the business will work. No, I think also it's hard to get the loyalty from your team as well, isn't it? Because I mean, every agency in the world's recruiting at the moment, and I think if you're sat at home and that's your life, there's yeah. not that much loyalty to switch to another job because nothing yeah. changes. Well, really, yeah, good, good more grand than I can still sit on the couch and design. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and it is that that team. You know, we we we're starting to because we've been such a small team for so long. We now we started growing. We we're starting mm. to build that real kind of. It's, it sounds a bit gimpy, but like family kind of thing. Yeah. Like everyone actually cares about each other and supports each other. And if someone fucks up, it's like, well, oh, yeah, I have fucked up. And everyone's like, well, how can we sort it? How can we help? Um, do, you, do you get that if everyone's at home? I'm not sure you do. No, just blame the one that's at home. That's yeah. what we yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got, they're not in the office. We'll blame them. Yeah. That's why I'm always here. <laughs> Don't want to get blamed. Not me. I'm always in the office. <laughs> at home. I'm always working from home. He's shitting. <laughs> even though he's doing 12 hour days what um, do you um look for when you are recruiting because obviously you mentioned you're growing the team and yeah. every agency's looking for new team members you never truly know what you're taking on until somebody joins you um what kind of process do you go through do you do, do you speak to them on the phone do you get them in how, um, how how do you tend to try and get it right honestly considering me and dean have both worked in recruitment in in, a, in the early parts of our lives for a little bit we are fucking absolutely shite it and we have made some errors <laughs> our recruitment process was poo I mean some of them and then again some of our best team members we just we just had a chat with in the pub yeah <laughs> and they've been brilliant 
but we've been that's lucky. That's not something I'd advise doing. That's just, <laughs> right. Um, but we nowadays it's about you know. Uh, well, first of all, it's, it's skills. They've got to have the skills. They've got to have. Yeah. The, for us, it's the ideas, right? I honestly think that the reason we're a small agency beating it, some bigger agencies to the punch, is because our ideas are better. Yeah. And when everyone says, "Oh, you know, um, it's all about the execution, not the idea," I completely disagree. I think the idea is massively important. I think, yeah. I think having good ideas is a skill. It's a skill yeah. you can develop, but it's a skill. So we look for people with good ideas, with people who think outside, think differently. You know lateral thinking, thinking outside the box, whatever you want to call it, you know, those, those are the people we look for. Um, and then the second thing that's, that's massively important is are they going to fit in with the team and fit in the culture? Because um, we want them to be different enough so that we're not building a team of robots. Yeah. But we want them to have the same sort of values as us so that they come in and they fit in and they actually they enjoy working there and they're going to like the people. And what we've ended up doing is building a team of absolute weirdos, um, all of which are absolutely nothing alike. Um but it just works for some reason because they all they all believe in offended and believe what we're trying to do. Yeah. They all, um, you know, love the work because a lot of them have come out of, uh, you know, uh, either agencies or in-house or, or stuff like that where the work was fucking boring or the red products, the description, yeah. they didn't have creative freedom and all the rest of it. And, and, and kind of that, you know, they all value the same things. They want creative freedom. They want their ideas to be heard. They, you know, um, and, 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 and we give them that. Um, it's, it's that's the other two things. The skills is always a, an important part. We've, we've made so many errors, especially with writers, and that's probably because I'm extra harsh. That's probably why. Because if it's not offended standard, it's not good enough. Um, and and then the other thing is, like I said, the biggest thing is, is culture. It's like I think it might have been like Alex Ferguson said it. Like you know, your, your team will always have like you know a couple of like Ronaldo's, for instance. Still, you know, you'd be, everyone thinks you're star players, but actually your team. Uh, and uh, is successful based on your your Gary Neville's. You know, it's based on the people who are solid team players who yeah. collaborate and work with everyone who support each other. Yeah, the actual team. You can always replace your superstars. It sounds daft, but you can. Yeah, but the solid team members there, and, and the ones that fit in with the culture, and the ones that make the culture. That's that's well, that's a massive important part. I think also a big part of um, because there is quite a bit of pressure. You're not going to get it right every time. So mentioning that you're harsh on copywriters, I think some days in whether you're a designer, copywriter, whatever, trying to come up with ideas, you're just not feeling it. You'll know that yourself. But do you find you have to work with the team on their own confidence? Because I think when you're feeling confident, yeah. the difference in selling an idea to a client if you're confident, you believe in it, it comes across completely different than almost like apologetic. We've had this idea, but. Mm. Yeah. Um, clients buy your confidence don't they as well as the ideas they do and i think it's you know a big part of that is 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 on us as leaders to do that and to make them realize that you know and, and to make them you know i will tell them when it's a shit idea i'll say no it's shit or i'll try and help them mold it into something that's a bit better yeah um and i know they'll get that from me but i'm i i'm a massive believer in if someone does something well or someone has a great idea you should be you should be you know Licking their ass, you should be you should be praising them as you know. Maybe don't lick your employees' asses; you get in trouble for that. But, no, um, <laughs> yeah, the, but, but you, you should be praising them. You should be telling them how good that is, and you should be making them feel really good about their idea. Because the better they feel, and mm -hmm. the, 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 the more they're going to go into that pitch and go, "No, this is a good idea. This is a great idea. I know so because you know yeah. someone's back me, Dan's back me, Dean's back me. I know this is a good idea. I'm going in yeah. there. Let's actually yeah. be And 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 but a lot of that. That's that sales though, isn't it? Like, yeah. What it is 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 you know people get your vibe, don't they? 
and they're, they're like, if you're vibing on an idea and you, and you think it's a great idea, it, it kind of picks other people from the room and they think, oh yeah, this might be pretty good actually. Definitely. I think down to even if you go into a meeting and you really desperately want something, you need that, you kind of think, I need to get this work in. That comes across. Whereas if you go along and you're like, do you know what? We're absolutely the agency for them. If they buy into us or not, it's, it's their loss. If they don't, 100%, you'll get that work every time, won't you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I always say to the guys as well, like, if you, you'll know it's a good idea if you're nervous about pitching it. <laughs> if you're shitting yourself thinking, I don't know how they're going to take this, but you know, I'm, you, you, I want my guys going in wondering whether they've gone too far. Yeah. Not going Yeah. When they go into a meeting with a bland idea, people are going to be so disappointed. Yeah. You know, I, I'd rather, there's a lot of the ideas as well. I don't know if you find this as well. A lot of the ideas that we pitch in meetings are never the idea they go with in the end. Yeah. But I mean, we want we want to pitch to a beer brand with uh, with um, with Hitler holding a, a brew dog uh, bottle that said, uh, "You are what you drink," um, and they loved it. Like they were like, I mean, that is we're never going to use it, but yeah, it's time sort of thing, you know. Um, and and I, I think that's you should be doing that. You should be, you know, going too far and stuff. And and, and they're the exciting ideas. Yeah. And I think you do see a lot more people are, it's so quick now with social media to be reactive to things that are happening, to be responsive. And I think that's, you know, as an agency, we're exposed to all this. We're almost like the ones who should be proposing those ideas, those opportunities for a client, because like you touched on earlier, we get insights into so many different businesses, into so many different things that are happening in the world. Whereas when you work in house in one company, you're not exposed to all those ideas, opportunities. And that's our job really to, um, look at those opportunities for them that they would be so blinkered to or never even see exactly we are that's exactly what we are and that's that, you are right third party agencies are idea machines we're not executors mm -hmm. it, big businesses and can build mass storage burps coffee um the uh they, they can build big internal yeah because i think there's mass i think there's actually a difference and i've wrote about this before between uh, creatives and executors yeah and they're both, both as valuable as each other, right? But creatives are the people with the great ideas, right? Mm -hmm. And agencies need a lot of creatives. Executors are people, you know, like uh, designers who I could say, here's my vision, here's an idea, and they'll be able to execute perfectly, and it'll look amazing. But if you ask them to come up with the idea, you don't know. It is, it's very different. Yeah, it's definitely it's a skill set. A different skill set. But the internal teams, a lot of the time, you can build a team of executors very, very easily. Yeah. What they're coming outside for, like you say, is those ideas and that creativity. Yeah. Only so agencies are missing that. And that's why I think they're failing. That's why they're I think you can be so, it's quite, you know, it's quite difficult to be in an, in an in-house team. I do think you feel like you've tried everything, you've done everything, you, you live and breathe that one brand every day. Mm -hmm. um, how do you constantly keep it fresh? And I think that's where there will always be a place for agencies. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And when people say that, they, that there's not, that, I mean, yeah, all right. I mean, they're talking shit. I've, I've, I've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of um, uh, in-house teams been off agencies and then I've, I've seen the marketing that comes out afterwards. Uh, mm. More often than not, it's fucking dreadful. So, um, yeah. It's tough, yeah. isn't it? It's tough when that's your one brand that you're working with to constantly keep it fresh and... Um, yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. I mean, I, 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 honestly, I just couldn't work. I mean, I couldn't work for anybody. I'd be, I'm a terrible employee. Um, no. I think uh, I think if I was internal, I'd get so bored. What were you like as an employee? 
were you um <laughs> did people get fed up with you <laughs> I was, yeah i wasn't good uh i was saying that I, I say i wasn't good i've got a few old bosses that are very good friends of mine yeah uh, and they're my friends of mine because i think built out of relief of me leaving which was, <laughs> was part of it uh and then and then it's just developed into a friendship but i think as well because because I, I never didn't work hard. I've always been a hard worker, right? And my work ethic's always been through the roof. The problem is, is I always ask why, right? So I'm the guy in the meeting room when the boss is going, this is what we're going to do. And I go, but why? Why can't we do this way? Because I'm the management, I'm telling you to do this way. Yeah, I get that, but we could do this way. Yeah. And shut the fuck up, right? And just this get is it. just what we're doing. Yeah. And, and I think but because of my honesty, because I've always worked hard and because I never let them down, because, of, and, uh, because I was always honest, Actually, I, I was able to forge friendships with them actually over time. Mm. And, and once I left, like I say, there was a relief in me leaving. We go for a beer. Yeah. I, I actually, we're really good friends. I know you're better than anybody else on my team because you've always been honest with me and you've always been yourself. And um, and I've also I've also been fired a few times. So okay. well, you probably actually touch on people's insecurities a little bit sometimes, questioning why, because they probably um, have never been asked that before and it makes them, you know, question, well, this is always the way we've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I try and encourage that in, in, in our team. I want people to question why. And, and we, you know, we have a, we, most of our staff are well above their station. I always say the hierarchy's fucked here, Dean, because <laughs> we go into meetings and they're like, no, Dan, we're doing it this way. Or, no, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. And I'm like, why, why have I got no authority here? No, but it's like, you want to hire people that are better than you, don't you? You don't want to hire people and tell them what to do. You want them to come in and inspire you. You want them to. Yeah, I don't want to be the boss that I don't want to be the boss that I hated. Yeah. I, I, I came out of work because I hated it. I hated being managed, and I hate. I don't yeah. want to be that guy. You know, and I think, oh, adults, right? We're hiring adults, so. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think that's one thing, actually, if you do um, come out of education or whatever route you go and you set up your own business without, like you say, having tried a few different things, you don't really know. It's quite good to see how not to do it, as well as working great businesses where they're doing really well. You almost want to work in the agencies where you think this is just goddamn terrible. I'd never want to run it like this because you don't want to fall into that yourself. No, you don't. You don't exactly. It's, it, and and that's that's kind of what we're trying to build with with Ended is is everything that we have always wanted to work for. Dean's the same. You know, we've both got a problem with authority. We're both a little bit anti-establishment. Say mm-hmm. that. Say that. Then we're right, we're knee deep in capitalism, taking you know profiting off <laughs> off, off manipulating people to buy stuff, right? Um, but um, you know, we we, we kind of trying to build the workplace that we always wanted to work in, yeah. and that's with flexibility. If you are coming at R ten. And you want to stroll out the door at four? Fine. Just as long as everything's done and it's done to a decent level, and you get the results, you can work fucking two hours a week for all I care. If you're yeah. getting the results that we're asking you to get, um, and we also like to have a good time as well. So you know, we've got a beer fridge, we've got all the things that you know, everything that all this shit that people say, oh, you know, ping pong doesn't make a, a culture and a beer fridge doesn't make a culture. Yeah, but it helps. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. it helps. And, and 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 when the guys can, you know, they've had a tough day on a Tuesday, they can walk, just walk to the fridge and get themselves a beer. Or, or, you know, we've got a beer pump as well um, and and go out on the terrace and just fucking put the feet up and have a laugh. Um, and they know that if I've had a bad day on a Tuesday, let's all go and get pissed together and let's just all come in at 12 tomorrow. They know that that's, they're adults. Yeah. Manage your mm-hmm. work, do what you want. You know, that's what we care about. And and people keep saying to me, oh, as you grow though, as you grow, you're growing now and you're going to try and scale this. You won't be able to have that forever. I'm going to go against that and I'm going to see if we can have that forever because, you know, I, I, 
I honestly think I said I also said to Dino like if somebody buys us eventually acquires us or uh, you know if we get big investors and we scale or whatever there's um, I'll get sacked <laughs> well, yeah. I'll get there'll be a Steve Jobs and it'll be I'll be out the door uh, the only difference is I'm not as clever as Steve Jobs so I won't be able to come back and buy it again <laughs> I'll just be a answer again but I, I think, think it comes down to um people taking accountability and being bothered about what they do because actually in reality you probably wouldn't get if you did have somebody who rocked up two hours a week you'd be like well okay that's physically not possible to get through the work in that time so it comes down to common sense doesn't it as well I mean if we were or if they were I'd be going how the fuck are you doing that yeah <laughs> how do I do <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah amazing yeah so what do you do um outside of work how do you try and keep yourself sane or insane um, or relevant? obviously drink um you know that's what that's always good for stress no stop um, <laughs> <laughs> you're not stopping for october then uh no no <laughs> no daft idea no it's, no it's too stressful at the minute um but yeah i mean I, i've always um uh, like i say I, I used to be uh i used to do mma i used to i used to fight sweaty men in cages uh badly um but i still you know still do bits and pieces still um still train still grapple still go to the gym yeah. Um, it's just just because i like the the camaraderie and stuff i mean i don't work particularly hard anymore i'm getting a little bit too old for it you know we've got we've got 16 year olds beating me up now um which yeah it's not difficult but they do um so i do that and other than that i just i, I tend to kind of read a lot of uh, a lot of fiction i tend to watch a lot of films yeah. I think that's good for creativity i, I know getting asked on a podcast once what what uh, what tools would you say are good for creativity and i was like tools like marketing yeah. like, like just read read yeah. read and get the more you immerse yourself in crazy worlds the the, the more crazy your brain will be and the more creative you'll be yeah. uh, you know watch films you know what read books you know look at art you know yeah stuff that makes you creative i think really trying to as well a little bit come off your phone because i think you know you think well i'm looking there for ideas and yes you are but i think sometimes when you just actually stop and look at the world around you and see what's happening. Sometimes an idea for something completely different can be um, yeah. you'll yourself triggered from something that you think, oh, do you know, that would work really well. It's a completely different twist on it. But yeah. when you're just consumed by your phone, which I need, I need to take my own advice, I'll be honest. But um, <laughs> yeah. I'm the same. And I even like, I hated walking. I'm, I, I'm, you can tell I'm getting old because I hated walking until this year. I was like, actually, quite like walking. That's quite good. We're going for a walk. Um, and uh, I actually, I've actually found that, that some of my greatest, well, in my opinion, some of my greatest ideas come when I'm, I go for a walk. I'm just outside yeah. in the fresh air. There's no distractions. There's nothing, you know. There's, there's, there's just trees and grass and water and whatever else. And, and, and it, it, I find that I think a lot clearer. Yeah. Like you say, there's no distractions. There's nothing. There's nothing taking me away from my own thoughts. So it's just. Yeah, and I think that sometimes when you force a brainstorm meeting, if you try and get people together and say, right, we're going to crack this, it, it doesn't. Never work. Yeah. I think sometimes if you say on a Friday afternoon, look, we want to do something for this client, just have a think about it over the weekend, see what pops into your mind. That's yeah. when actually you're switched off, you're not forcing it, you're not sat confined in a room, and actually you'll see something and think, do you know what, that'd be brilliant for them. Exactly, exactly. And, and also, like when you go out as, as a, we try and go out regularly as a team, we'll probably hang around with it, we'll probably hang around with the team a bit too much. Uh, and I'm sick to death, to be honest. Um, but uh, we go, you know, if you ever read um, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, um, the guy who built Nike, uh, one of the things he goes on about there is they 
he said in the early days they built Mike out of a out of this bar that they all used to go and and do work in. So they used to go to the bar, all get pissed together on this table and 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 and, and build the company. Oh, trainers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we we were we were uh, some some of our good ideas come there. We always try and take clients as well for a piss up because some of our greatest ideas come there. You know, we, yeah. we, we oh, definitely. You know, yeah, I think that comes back to actually being physically together. I think when you get to know a client, I mean, yes, they do buy your ideas, but I think they also buy into that, knowing that you've got the back, knowing that they can get on with you. You can become friends, don't you, in that relationship? Yeah. Um, Bean, we always laugh. We always say that Bean's basically developing um, early onset schizophrenia because he is. He has to deal with so many different clients, and he yeah. has to be nice no matter what. But he, he has to take them for drinks, and some of them are absolutely nuts. And some of them are conservative and some of it. And he has, has he has different hats on all the time. Yeah, yeah. One day we will sell the business and I'll have to I'll have to lock Dean away in a in a in a What's your split between you then? Which one's good cop, which one's bad cop? How do people know in the t- like what would they come to you for versus what they'd go to him for? Well, we always we always joke, and it is true. The the, the dynamic in the uh, business is everyone says I'm the dad and Dean's the mum. Okay. <laughs> So um, I know that's it's not quite PC nowadays because that's that's you know, saying that mum and dads have certain roles and they don't necessarily. But um, but Dean is the guy who all the team are close to. Uh, you know they'll always go to him with their problems. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm the guy who. Got a little bit scared about that. Yeah, shit, we've done something. <laughs> we've done something. <laughs> and one of Dan's rants is 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 coming on. It's brewing. Um, and it's the same with clients though, as well. Like Dean deals with clients really, you know, really, really well. But um, sometimes if it's if they are overstepping the mark or they're not listening to us anymore or anything like that, it'll be me that that will yeah demonstrate. And, and 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 if I did the account management, we would not have a business, right? Same. But but, but it, it is a good thing, and you do need that element. You do need someone who is just going to be more strong. I just can't. Whereas Dean is a, a, has this brilliant ability to adapt to people and you know when they say like building rapport you kind of mimic the person their tone you mimic the, 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 the even the, the, their actions right um and dean is absolutely brilliant at that. he's such a skilled rapport builder and you know that's why he can close so many deals that's good, isn't it? yeah but, but for me i can't do it i don't have that ability i'm just yeah. me and i wear my heart on my sleeve and you can tell the minute i walk in a room how i'm feeling that day yeah. i can't hide it if i'm Happy and giddy, I can't hide it. I can't. Yeah. And it's the same with clients. It's the same with. I just, I just can't do it. Um, but you need both people, I think. You do need both. You do need both, and I think it's healthy that you are different. Um, because I think sometimes when you start a business, you don't think about all these things. You kind of think, find a like-minded person, somebody who's like yourself, go into business. But actually, it's so much better if your skill sets are different but complement each other. Really. Exactly, and they, yeah, and they, and they do. I mean, we we met um, one of our clients who's a. a, a He's a very wealthy man. He sold, he sold some uh, a big like connectivity business, um, and he kept all his equity, I think, or most of it. And he was on about how um, you know he's, he's never really found a business partner that he thought he could give equity away to because he didn't, you know, he didn't have that relationship. And he was, he said, he was blown away by mine and Dean's. I mean, everyone he meets us says it doesn't say it doesn't make sense. It's like you, you look at your both, it doesn't make sense. But then you speak to your both, and it's just. They got Yeah, he said, I've never, I've never heard anything like it. I've never seen, heard seen two people bounce off each other like you two do. And we, the reality is, we haven't known each other that long, really. Me and Dean. I mean, we mm-hmm. maybe maybe 
two and a half, three years, something like that. Yeah, yeah it was always the same when, so Libby and I set our business up and we'd only worked together three months and we um, went into it together. But I think our thinking was, well, we've not been friends for life. If we do fall out and go off <laughs> separately, there's not as much to lose. I think it'd be awful going into business with like one of your childhood friends and then losing that friendship. But I think, I think it does always come down to, we know we've got, deep down we've got different ways of looking at things but we've got the same goal we want the best for everything we're really close i don't know about you two but we end up becoming really close because you, the things you the things me and dean have been through in the past oh yeah years <clears throat> i mean you, you you wouldn't go through in a lifetime with most friends like it's no you know, no support each other on and, and and battle through and things you know we, we've had all sorts we had a when we started off our uh uh business life with a court case which i can't talk about unfortunately but um it will be in a book one day uh yeah. And, and, and you know we, we we really struggled yeah the highs and lows are shared aren't they and I think the nice thing is when there's two of you and I, I completely have massive respect for people who set up a business on their own because I've only known it as two of us I think I go home and I've done my talking about it we've got each other I'm not going home and downloading on my husband about oh this has happened today because we've kind of done that with each other yeah um, yeah yeah that is yeah it is good I mean I, we do offload on Dino's uh uh, girlfriend Ellie uh, yeah. how she puts up with us uh, I've I no idea we're like brothers to be bicker you know we're constantly digging at each other we have pretty much full-blown arguments probably close to yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah uh, in terms of, especially when have we're you ever actually properly fallen out not spoken to each other yeah yeah we've done that we've done that maybe two or three times but, but yeah. we didn't, well we, we, we fall out and then it, and then it's like it's like it's similar to, we always say it's similar to brothers because the day after we're fine yeah. I'm talking to each other. We've got it all out in the open. We've said some horrible things. Yeah. We threatened to leave the business. We're both going to quit. It's done. And then the next day, it's like, all right, mate, should we... Uh, yeah, but I think that's a boy thing. So we're lucky. We haven't fallen out, but we do totally... I, I can't hold back. If I don't like something she said, and likewise, I'll say, no, I really, really don't agree with that. Yeah, and, yeah, she'll yeah. Say to me. and I think we've had that openness from the start because... Um, and then I'll end up thinking, yeah, no, you're probably right. And she'll say, you're probably right. And we come to agreement in between. But yeah. um, I think unless you can say what you think, if you feel like you're biting your lip or yeah. you're, you've well, you got... Can't that. You can't have that. You just yeah. can't have a business. And it's just, um, you know... And it, 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 but it's, it's just that it's that trust. and Knowing you've got that trust and support there and that loyalty there, um, I mean, it, it, it's that shows it's a good relationship. If you can just... If you can, if you can tell each other exactly how you feel, no matter how much it might jar with that person yeah that's a, that's a, it's not a big deal if you say it is it if you say it openly and out and you know you're only doing it to get the best aren't you you're not doing it to be awkward well i don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I maybe do sometimes but yeah um but he knows that he knows it's just me being an idiot and then, no, it's been great speaking to you. I think one last thing is how important do you think it is? Because you've talked about your team and going out drinking and all that kind of thing. Do you think um, if you wouldn't feel comfortable like going to the pub, going for a drink with somebody, they're perhaps not right for your team? Um, no, not necessarily, because no. I, I think it's massively important that, um, especially in the, for, for, for diversity and things, is that you, are, you don't create a culture around drinking. Yes. Um, me and Dino have created our own leadership culture around drinking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's fine because neither of us, are, you know, have a, any sort of religious standing that, that prevents us from doing that, right? But yeah. I also don't want to put people off who don't drink, either don't drink 
or yeah. they, you don't think because of the re- religion or you know yeah. you don't really like going out and partying I don't want to put those people off either because okay. we've got to we've got to build the culture is the culture that's day-to-day in the business how they work together how they gel you know uh, that that that's the culture we're trying to build drinking is just a byproduct of doing that and if they want to come if they're comfortable coming to the pub yeah and having a diet coke because we still we're taking people out to enjoy themselves, so we don't just take yeah. them out, take them out and have some nice food. And we regularly do like we do a, yeah. a you know a, a really good Christmas party, um, and we make sure that we spend a bit of money on it. Um, but that's not it. Shouldn't be centered around drink. And it's yeah, not, it's no, there's lots of other things, aren't there, that you can do outside of work that are fun. We were talking with clients actually. We went out for lunch earlier in the week and none of us drunk. Um, but actually, there's so much pressure now. If you say, do you know, what? I'm not going to have a drink. Um, people are like you get so bullied don't you it's like come on come on why are you not drinking and um yeah it's built into our lives isn't it a lot of us and and, and we, we are we are bad with it I mean me and Dino um joined a, a gym together it was like um a, a gym and spa type thing and, and we went through a stage of being really really healthy but then what we kept doing was like we'd like reward drink yeah <laughs> we'd go to the gym we'd have a spa, we feel great about ourselves and we go go for a pint well, at least you're balancing it out. It's all about balance, isn't it? So sounds like a good balance to me. Well, Lily, worth saying on the news this morning about how obesity is going to take over the world, isn't it, in the next few years? So yeah, you can imagine. I mean, yeah, especially with remote working, everyone sat on the couch. Well, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Although we do have um, Ginny who does our accounts and she's 100% remote now and that's kept the team a bit fitter because she used to just bring in cakes, chocolates all the time. So actually that's, that's working quite well for us. She was our office mum. Um, so. I mean, our, our team all had, so we went, we had a, on Monday, we had a breakfast meeting um, with, with the, the management team um, and everyone said yes to breakfast. And I found out afterwards, they'd already, all already eaten breakfast. That's yeah. How happy now? You get fat because you eat two breakfasts every day. That's not my fault. You said yes to the breakfast. Yeah, yeah, um, just moving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no, that's, it's been absolutely fascinating to um, talk to you today. And it sounds like we've got some similarities. And um, yeah. no, really um, interesting. I think people will definitely hit, enjoy hearing your story. Um, yeah. Where can people go if they want to find out a bit more about you and more about the company then? Um, you can visit our website, which is we're actually rebuilding it because we've got some new stuff coming, but um, offended.market. Or you can catch me ranting and pissing off generally old men on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's always fun. Perfect. Uh, other than that, yeah. I don't know. See you in a pub. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thank you so much, Dan. It's been an absolute um, pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. you no know,